Hello, hello. Welcome back to Strength Talk. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Strength Talk. In today's episode, hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Strength Talk. Inside today's episode, we're chatting about carbohydrates and we're talking all things carbs. We're talking about the um, preconceived notions about carbs. We talk about why people demonize them. We talk about if you should limit carbohydrates and how to do that and how to determine if you need to limit carbohydrates in your diet. So I'm super excited. Let's jump right in. Welcome to Strength Talk, the ultimate podcast catered to women embracing evidence-based fitness and mindful nutrition. I'm Coach Lauren, your guide to a holistic and sustainable approach to health. Say goodbye to restrictive diets, over-exercising, and unrealistic beauty standards. It's time to discover your true potential beyond aesthetics. Join us for science-backed advice, myth-busting, and empowering stories. This is Strength Talk, where femininity meets vitality. All right, so a couple of housekeeping things, guys, okay? Today, uh, I have limited makeup on. And I'm usually natural light. So I'm going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit on the fresher face side. So I'm not going to have, you know, I don't look as like dressy and like put together as I normally do. And I am honestly like, that's okay with me. I think most people watch uh, or listen to me online. So if you're listening, you don't have to worry about seeing my face without, you know, with my blemishes and uneven skin tone and, and all of those things. So um, I am so excited for today because this topic fires me up. Okay. I love, love this topic. I love talking about this topic and I love talking to people about this topic who are really, really scared of carbs because I have changed a lot of people's perspective of, on carbs and, um, I've helped them a lot with like disordered eating behaviors and all of those things. And I am so excited to share this information with you today. So just to, to, to um, go through what we're going to talk about today, first and foremost, I'm going to talk about the different types of carbohydrates. I'm going to talk about how our body use, utilizes carbohydrates and the different ways our bodies utilize carbohydrates, and I'm going to explain that to you and break it down. And then we're going to talk about addiction, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, food addiction, what causes that, and um, why carbohydrates are like the target uh, when people talk about food addiction. We're going to talk about highly palatable foods or, or hyperpalatable foods, I'm sorry. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how to approach nutrition if you are someone, well, first of all, how to determine whether or not you're overeating carbohydrates or uh, how to limit carbohydrates for yourself without being super restrictive uh, if this is something that is affecting you. It's what we're not going to do today. And what I'm going to try really hard not to come across as is if you are someone who has followed low carbohydrate diets in the past, I just want to say, number one, I don't think that you are a bad person. I do not think that you are dumb. I do not think that you are any sort of derogatory term for anyone at all. I don't think less of you. I 
think that you are trying to make decisions on what you believe is best for your health. And that is totally okay. And that is a really great thing. Because I can tell you right now that anyone who struggles with health and has not put themselves first and there has not put their body first, that is a really courageous and difficult thing to do. And a lot of people are not doing it. So if you're out there doing it, just know that I am proud of you. That's what I want to start with. Okay. It's frustrating to me because a lot of clients come to me very traumatized by this narrative that is continuing with for low carb. They have maybe tried keto and have really struggled or they're afraid of carbohydrates because they don't quite understand what they their purpose in the body or they've heard so many things and they've they've seen like their parents and stuff limit carbohydrates and they really struggle with eating and they think that they're bad or or whatever i i am constantly having to undo this and while i am happy to do it it's part of my job it's part of my profession I see a lot of women being taken advantage of in this space, and that is what I'm mad at, okay? I want you to know that there is nothing wrong with you if you are someone who has believed this in the past, who has struggled with it, and that is not my intention to shame you for leaning into this sort of nutrition mentality if you have in the past, okay? I wanted to make that very clear. That I try really hard to come at this from a positive light, but it makes me really sad when women come to me so frustrated and discouraged and so anxious and afraid and just worried and, and full of shame and guilt. I don't like seeing it. I'm tired of seeing it. I shouldn't have to be fixing these issues. I do it because I'm passionate about it and I'm happy to help, um, but it shouldn't be happening in the first place, right? So anyway, I digress. So let's go ahead and dive into types of carbohydrates and let's talk about the different types because there are different types. I think a lot of times we talk about the different t- types of fat, poly polyunsaturated, saturated fats, unsaturated fats, trans fats. We talk about all types of fats, but we don't talk about carbs in the same way right? We group carbs together. Um, Sometimes we talk about high GI foods and low GI foods, depending on who it is. But for the most part, even from a like nutrition labeling perspective, carbs are all in one place and there's no subset of carbohydrates, right? So um, I think it's because uh, it's hard to, it's harder to dissect carbs into different types of carbs. I think that's why, but anyway. All right. So there are a bunch of different types of carbs. Um, now, all these different types of carbs can be grouped into two main di- two main types of carbs. You've got simple and complex. Simple carbs are going to be like monosaccharides, meaning they have one sugar molecule, and disaccharides, meaning they have two sugar molecules. So they're a little bit simpler in their structure. Their chemical structure. Um, 
they are easily used, utilized for energy. They can cause a rise in blood sugar on their own and insulin secretion on their own from the pancreas. So examples of these are fructose, lactose, um, any sort of just plain glucose. Um, in foods, they're presented as candy, uh, honey, table sugar, uh, carbonated be beverages that aren't diet, corn syrup, any sort of fruit juices, um, those types of things, okay? Um, when we talk about complex carbs, okay, on the flip side, complex carbs are oligosaccharides and polysaccharides. So these are going to be three or more sugars in, in their chemical structure. They're a little bit more complicated, meaning they take longer for the body to break down and utilize. So they don't cause as much of a, a rise in a, that blood sugar and then the insulin to counteract that. Okay. So some, some examples of complex carbohydrates are going to be uh, foods with fiber legumes, however anyone pronounces that, spinach and 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 uh, leafy greens, um, whole grains, oh, brown rice, uh, quinoa, any sort of like whole grain anything is going to be uh, a complex carbohydrate. Now, complex carbohydrates can also kind of be broken down into things like uh, potatoes and chickpeas and pasta, um, things that are still can, um, there's like, and let me say that again, there are carbohydrates that fall in the middle, sort of between these two, between simple and complex carbohydrates. And those are things like starches. So potatoes and pasta and, and like white rice and those types of things that kind of, they fall in the middle, meaning they can cause a, um, the body to respond not as quickly as like, let's say you just ate table sugar, but not as slow as uh, like white or brown rice or whole grains. So they kind of fall in the middle there, right? And at least that's how I want you to think about it. Because if we think about it too much and get into the science, it gets even more confusing. And in your day-to-day -day life, you're just not using that knowledge, um, the average person at least. So along with carbohydrates, I like to talk about fiber because fiber is included in carbohydrates. Fiber can be further grouped, and this is not something that you have to memorize, but it, it can be grouped into like insoluble, soluble, and soluble fiber. Um, so and what that means is that um, insoluble fiber like remains in the gut, the gut and um it helps with like, they're, they're both super important, but insoluble fiber remains in the gut. It helps with softening your stool and also bulking the stools so that, you know, it helps with regulating you essentially, making sure that your bowel movements are normal, that you're not constipated, that you're not having diarrhea. Um, and this is mostly like, I would say mostly common when you think of an insoluble fiber, think cellulose. Okay. So cellulose is a 
type of fiber that's insoluble, I would say it's the most common fiber that you're going to find in a lot of foods, especially like veggies and stuff, because they've got that cellulose as part of their chemical structure that creates the, the, um, the vegetable or the fruit. Um, fruit, some fruit does have cellulose in it. Anyway, um, soluble fiber helps with your cholesterol and lowering your cholesterol and kind of regulating your cholesterol levels. So a lot of like fleshy fruit, oats, broccoli, and, and beans are really good soluble fiber. It's a little bit, it doesn't stay in the gut as long, but it does help with normal bowel movements as well. But its main function is helping your body regulate uh, your cholesterol. Okay, so now I want to talk about what happens in the body when we eat carbohydrates. Okay, I'm not talking from a hormone chemical perspective. I will get to that in a second. I'm talking about the biological processes in our body that happens when we eat any carbohydrate. Okay, the body, your food goes down into your stomach. Okay, your body is going to break down whatever those carbs are into three smaller different categories of energy, glucose, fructose, and galactose. Now, you may have heard those terms in school, but like we don't use them in real life. I don't expect you to know that. Just know that the body is really good at breaking down carbs into smaller units to use for energy. Okay. So when we talk about, so when we eat, we talk about eating carbohydrates. doesn't matter what it is. Simple carbs, complex carbs, the body's going to break it down into one of those three things. When the stomach and the small intestine break down those carbohydrates, those smaller units are absorbed by the small intestine and travel to the liver. Now, fructose and galactose are broken down further in the liver, Okay. Um, and this is why, and I'm just going to use this little tidbit here. This is why fructose isn't always the best form of pre or post-workout nutrition because that your body, let's say your body eats the fruit. It's going to convert that fruit into fructose and or galactose. And that is going to have to be, then be processed through the liver into glucose, into something the body can use. The body doesn't just use fructose as is. So that is why that is not best pre and post workout. Doesn't mean that you can't have it. It's just not ideal. Okay. So if you've ever heard of that, that is why. All right. So when the liver breaks down fructose and galactose, they break it down into glucose along with those other forms of carbohydrates. And then the body can use that and transports that to every, almost every cell in the body to use for repair, function, or storage. Those three different things, okay? So um, when, we, when we think about how our body uses carbs, it's not that we eat the carbs, then we use it for energy right away. Our body storage system of carbohydrates is very efficient. We store carbohydrates in our, our cells, in our, our muscles, in our organs, and in excess in our body fat cells, 
okay? And I will talk about body fat storage of glucose in a minute. But your body has, will store that glucose as what's called glycogen in your muscles and in your tissues and in your liver to use at later times. So it's not like, unless you're on an extreme low carbohydrate diet, you're like, you likely have carbohydrate storage at any given time, but it's limited, right? It's limited on what we can store in those organs. Unless you have like, unless you're like a huge individual, but even if you're a huge individual, like that's relative, right? It's relative to your body size. Carbohydrates are limited when we talk about physical performance in the gym. That storage that's in our muscles, that storage that's in our liver, that storage that's in our body is limited during physical exercise and physical performance in anything. I don't care if it's exercise. I don't care if you're walking at an amusement park. I don't care what you're doing. You're participating in a physical activity. Your body storage of those carbohydrates and the ability to use carbohydrates for energy is going to be limited, which means we need to replenish those stores, right? So glucose is essential for several things, if not the most important thing in the body that glucose is used for is our central nervous system. Our brain's primary energy source is glucose and lack of glucose can result in weakness, dizziness, low blood sugar, hypoglycemia, and depression and anxiety in some cases, uh, and a general dysregulation of that CNS, okay? If you already have a dysregulated central nervous system, okay, your relationship with that glucose can be different, okay? And I want to talk about that at the end uh, or after this, but you may need more carbohydrates to regulate that CNS, depending on trauma, depending on why your central nervous system is dysregulated. But a lot of times we think that um, reducing those carbohydrates can help regulate us. However, when we look at the body and how the body uses energy, Glucose is essential for our CNS. And so if we don't get it, we're going to be in trouble. Okay. Overall, low carbohydrates can also lead to fatigue. And for my athletes out there who listen to me, low carbohydrate can lead to chronic fatigue, mental and physical. Now you can imagine how that translates to your physical athletic performance especially for my strength athletes who step on a platform. So if you are constantly cutting and constantly putting your body through the ringer, you are not going to be at your peak performance if you are constantly under mental and physical fatigue from low-carbohydrate diets. So, and I'll use Kate Vibert as an example. She is a former Olympian. She's working on going to the Olympics this year. And she had always competed in the 71 kilo weight class and has meddled in the 71 kilo weight class. Well, she made a very brave, in my opinion, decision to go up 
two weight classes this year and will be competing. She's competing this week, I believe, um, at in the 81 kilo weight class because she realized that she was putting her body through too much and was not at her peak performance. So she stopped cutting. She started fueling her body and she is prepared to compete this week. Let that be a lesson to all of you who want to compete at low, 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 low weight classes and have to put your body through an extreme amount of mental and physical fatigue, low nutrients in order to compete. What are you sacrificing long term for that? That's just my little tangent. I'm getting off topic. Let me bring it back to uh uh to how the body processes carbohydrates. So how much carbohydrates do you need are truly based on the person. Like you can give a general recommendation on average, but like not everyone's average. Like it's it's that's an average, but everyone is different in their unique needs. How much carbohydrates you need depending depends on your body composition, meaning your body fat to muscle mass to bone mass ratio, your previous dieting history. If you are a chronic dieter, you might have some issues. Okay, I'll further talk about that. Your activity levels on a daily day-to-day basis and what your activity levels are, okay, and what your body is currently going through. Meaning, are you trying to recover from illness, from an injury like me? That all depends, you know? So, everyone wants to know how many carbs they should be eating per day. I like to give a percent range and kind of think about the pie and your your dietary intake being like a pie okay and i i really i'm gonna get this out soon um and i'm pointing to something on my whiteboard for those of you who are listening to me uh on my podcast um i like to think about if you think about like and i don't even like to think about it from a daily perspective i like to think about it from a weekly perspective especially for those who of you who struggle with restriction okay your carbohydrate intake and the amount of carbohydrates you need can vary from like 25 percent of your daily intake to 50 to 60 percent depending on the person so it really just depends um on meat days for my clients i like for their carbohydrate intake to be 70 plus percent of their intake of their calorie intake of the day, of all their food in the day, I want 70% to come from carbohydrates because we're just focusing on energy to get on the platform. So it just depends. This takes practice. It takes time. It takes a lot of intentional, mindful nutrition, but it can be done. And at the end of the day, if you practice mindful nutrition, you will have a lot more food peace around carbohydrates. So that's my little plug we will continue to talk about uh mindful eating in the future one thing i do want to know with carbohydrates um and let me find my notes on it just because yeah so if we are not getting what happens when we don't get enough carbohydrates during the day especially for those who are low carbohydrate 
our body is going to lean towards protein and it's going to break down that protein into glucose for energy. Now, the problem with this is when our bodies convert that protein to energy, we are not getting enough amino acids to our muscles and tissues in order to repair and maintain them. Okay, so we don't want to be too low carb because we don't want our body to start using protein for energy. Now, keto is a whole other discussion. It is high, 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 high fat, little to no carbohydrates at all, and moderate protein. And the body goes through a process where it will convert that fat into energy, which is ketosis, okay? Um, And you have to maintain that diet in order to stay in ketosis, And for some people, that ketosis can help reduce body fat because you're in a calorie deficit with that as well. It's a longer discussion, okay? We're not going to talk about keto today. I will go on a rant about keto some other time, okay? But when we talk about limiting carbohydrate intake, can you lose weight and or maintain your body weight by limiting carbs? Yeah. You can, but you can also do that by limiting dietary fats, by limiting even protein, because what you're doing is you're limiting your caloric intake. You're not limiting. It's not the carbs, right? So when we look at an excess of carbs, all right, so switching over to talking about excessive carbohydrate intake, excessive carbohydrate intake is a result of a couple of different things, okay? Number one, just a lack of mindfulness of what you are eating and a not understanding and being in tune with what is going on with your body, which we are taught not to do with our phones, with our work, with everything that goes on with our bodies. We're taught not to pay attention as to what is going on. And that is problematic. And that is a big cause of excessive carbohydrate intake. So what what happens is when the body, when you intake carbohydrates, it converts it to glucose and the body's used all of the carbohydrates that that you have, that you have intake, that you have ingested, right? The body's used it, it's used it for fuel, but there's still some left over at the end of the day. Our storage capacity is full, meaning we're not hungry anymore. We're full with energy, we're full in our stomach, but we're still eating. This is with anything, right? What happens is the body is going to store that glycogen in your fat cells, okay? Our fat cells don't go away. They grow and they shrink depending on how much glycogen is in them, but you cannot get rid of them completely. You are born with the number of fat cells that you are going to have unless you have something surgically removed from your body meaning those who have like uh, things cut away from the body. But that glycogen that's stored in your fat cells can be reduced by eating less than than what you're burning and using per day. That is how you lose body fat. And that can be done in many, 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 many different ways. The best way is going to be something that you can maintain. Now, switching back, 
two causes of excessive carbohydrate intake and consumption. The first is is just a general lack of paying attention and just kind of eating with this FOMO mentality of like, this is the only time I'm going to get to eat this. I need to eat this now. But then then you keep coming back to the same place because it was good and et cetera. Okay, that's the first reason. Second reason is going to be lack of paying attention to your mental health and getting help and coping skills with your mental health, meaning you're using food to cope. Okay. The reason why carbohydrates are so targeted with this in particular, and the next thing I'm going to talk about is because carbohydrates can, and let me think about the best way to say this without being confusing. Carbohydrates cause an increase in dopamine in the brain, similar to what you get from playing a game on your phone or scrolling through TikTok. Okay, that does not mean that they're bad. There is a purpose for that. Okay, if we do not find pleasure in eating, we are not going to prioritize nutrients. So our bodies are built to have that dopamine uptake because they're like, oh, it's energy. I recognize this. I want this. Okay, but that has nothing to do with carbohydrates being bad and has everything to do with lack of coping skills. So when we don't have coping skills to deal with emotion, and when we have those with who struggle with ADHD or dopamine issues, um, can really struggle with their weight and overconsumption of carbohydrates. Okay. But that doesn't mean that they should never eat carbs. That is not, that isn't too, no. Okay. Also, carbohydrates can be found in hyperpalatable foods. So hyperpalatable foods are going to be foods that are high in simple carbohydrates, sodium, fats, and other carbohydrates. And if you think about that, that's going to be like uh what am I trying to say? Like desserts, for example. So like if you eat cookies, cookies are not just sugar. They've got a lot of fat in them as well salt, you know, and they're hyper palatable foods. Hyper palatable foods in particular are going to produce more of that dopamine effect in the brain. Okay. Now, and then if we start eating to excess and we're eating to cope with emotion, our, our brain is going to get used to that feeling. And then you've got the third extreme, okay? And in my opinion, most people do not fall. Most people are going to fall in the first two categories. They're not going to fall into this last category. My dog is... He's dreaming. Gunner. Hey, Gunner. Anyway, sorry for those of you who are listening. I had to show the people on the YouTubes my dog sleeping and dreaming and touching the wall. Anyway, so this third category are... um is addiction, food addiction. Okay. And I am not going to claim to be an addiction expert. However, I have researched substantially behavioral addictions. 
um, because of who I help and what I do as a profession, I need to understand um, the difference between the first two categories and someone with a true behavioral addiction who is not in my category of helping, okay, um, when it comes to overconsumption of carbohydrates. So if you are someone who is susceptible to addiction in general, whether that be from trauma or whatever the case, maybe you have ADHD, maybe you struggle with other sort of behavioral obsessive compulsive disorder, whatever. If you are someone who is prone to addiction of any kind, you may struggle at some time with excessive carbohydrate intake if you don't really, really work hard on coping skills, okay? The research is not concrete, okay? There's people who sit on two sides of the aisle when it comes to this because there are rat studies where they give rats an over a loaded amount of carbohydrates, all right? And then those rats start exhibiting addiction and withdrawal symptoms, but then they do the same in human studies and there is not the same evidence, okay? And so a lot of people fall into one of the two boats of like, yes, carbs are addicting because the rat studies show that carbs are addicting. But then you've got other people who are like, well, human studies don't necessarily prove that, right? I personally fall a little bit in the middle, leaning over towards they're not addicting um, on their own. Okay, I truly, truly believe this, though, that anything can be addicting. Anything. Social media, uh, you know, even exercise can be addicting if it produces a chemical response in the brain that that person needed and is not getting from other sources and now is hooked. Okay, anything can be addicting. All right. So when we look at someone who is prone to addiction, then has trauma with food or their weight or is bullied or has gotten looped into the low carb culture, okay, and has struggled with yo-yo dieting and feels deprived all the time and doesn't have their emotions in check and it's kind of on this extreme, they are going to really, really struggle, okay? And as someone who's kind of fallen between someone who has overeaten on carbs um, because of like on the, in the emotional eating place and food addiction, I was kind of in the middle here and I'm going to tell you my story in a second. Um, I have exhibited behaviors of sort of withdrawal, but it was more emotional dysregulation than true withdrawal symptoms. In my opinion, and I'm just going to make this statement in general, it can be really problematic to make, to focus a lot on carbohydrates being like addictive in this evil thing, similar to drugs, because a chemical addiction is a lot more dangerous in this day and age than a behavioral addiction like uh, food or video games or social media in the phone or shopping or exercise. Like 
chemical addictions are a lot more dangerous. And I do not think that we need to group them together in all circumstances. It it can be dangerous because when you group them together, you were either shaming someone to an extreme for having an addiction or you are not, you are dismissing the severity of a chemical addiction. Okay. And in my opinion, they are not they're, you're comparing apples and oranges here. They're both fruit, but they're both very different fruit. Okay. So I am someone who has struggled in the beginning of my fitness journey with carbohydrate and over carbohydrate consumption. So before I got into fitness, my diet consisted of sugar. And that's pretty much it. I didn't eat a lot of protein. I ate a lot of sugar, a lot of carbs. Okay. Okay. When I started working on myself, I started limiting my carbohydrate intake to an extreme. I tried to increase my protein a little bit, but it was more just limiting food in general. And most of that for me was carbohydrates. I was so irritable and so angry and so miserable that it created two different things in me. A little bit on the side of like having an obsession with healthy eating, because by the way, that's also a food addiction Uh, or or and um, an obsession with healthy eating and an obsession with demonizing foods. Okay, and an obsession with trying new diets all the time. And that was not good for me. That actually caused me to gain weight. Okay. The reason why it caused me to gain weight is because I was restrictive and not eating things that I actually enjoyed. And I thought I, I would, I would be proud of myself for, uh, being, for getting through a diet and not craving it. But the minute that I would go to like a birthday party or something, or the minute I would go out with someone, I would, my food would be gone in seconds because I wasn't even, fully aware of what was going on inside my body. All right. So all of that to say, can carbs be addicting? Yes, but it's not the carbs that's causing the addiction, right? Carbs are, are a trigger for something that is going on deeper inside. If you feel out of control with carbohydrates, that is not normal. It is not the carbohydrates fault though. It's also not your fault in my opinion. I don't think we should shame ourselves for not being in in control over carbs. I think that it means that there's something deeper down that we need to address. And in my opinion, you're probably lacking carbohydrates somewhere in the diet. So how do we determine this from our, for ourselves, right? So how do we determine what, how many carbs we should eat and how much makes sense? I truly believe the best way to do this is ex- trial and error with yourself, but having some general guidelines to follow, okay? So if you are getting most of your carbohydrate intake from complex carbohydrates with fiber, and my little thumbsy up thing is coming up on my screen again. Um, carbohydrates and fiber. If you were getting most of your carbohydrate sources from those two things, 
you are probably not going to overeat with uh, carbohydrates. It's just fact because you're not going to be hungry. So if we combine two different things, mindful eating and those, those guidelines with carbohydrates, we have a solution. Now that takes time. I recommend, let's say right now you're not eating any complex carbohydrate sources. Let's try one for like a week or two. Incorporating one, then let's try two. Let's try adding two. Okay. While then let's add a mindful eating practice with that. Okay. So we balloons just popped up behind me. So we've got we're eating more co- complex carbohydrate sources and we're incorporating mindful eating. By the time we're done, six months in, my clients, and this is the formula that I use, it doesn't, it's not always exact because it depends on the person, but six months in, we're not overeating on carbs anymore. We're going to events and we're being mindful about what we're eating. I had a client one time, she would eat overeat in every function. And she had a lot of functions that she would go to because of her circumstances. And it was really triggering for her to go to these events because she was like, I'm always like the largest person at these events, but I always feel like I'm super starving and I can't control myself and I just feel super bad. Well, we were able to get that in control in a very short amount of time, combining mindful eating practices and making sure that she's eating complex carbohydrates, especially before an event. And so all of this to say, when we focus on adding foods that are going to make a positive impact on our our physical health, highly nutritious foods, meaning highly nutrient-dense foods, we are actually going to eat better without even realizing it. And we don't have to restrict, and we don't have to shame, and we don't have to get overly passionate and, and aggressive and anything about of that sort because we are giving our bodies exactly what we need. And I recommend also in those instances, like having a cookie, allowing yourself to have those things that you want and moving on, moving on. And the way that you do that is like, oh, I'm craving a cookie. So I'm going to have a salad and then I'm going to have some fruit and then I'm going to have some nuts and then I'm going to have you know, some, a piece of toast. And then by the time you've eaten all that, you actually ate more than you would have if you just ate the damn cookie. Okay. So eat the damn cookie. I wish that was my own tagline, but I've seen other people use it too. But all of that to say, carbohydrates are not the problem. They can be a trigger to something underlying. So What you're going to get after this episode, this is going to drop on Thursday. Um, You're going to get just some examples of moderate, average carbohydrate uh, nutrition plans. They are not necessarily to be used verbatim, but I wanted to give some examples of what it looks like based on certain scenarios. So I'm going to put out five of them in Patreon for my Patreon subscribers 
because I want you to see like what makes sense for certain people in certain situations. So I hope that is helpful. Please, 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 if you could, um, if you're watching me on YouTube, if you could like the video, leave me a comment and subscribe. I would be ever so grateful if you follow me on uh, any of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, all of those things. If you could give me a rating for this podcast, I would very much greatly appreciate it. It helps me so, so much for you to do that. Uh, and thank you so much for watch for listening to me all the way through. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye.